Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another edition of Red Carpet to Trailer Trash. My name is Ian Collins, and joining me as always is the rock to my hard place, Mr. Connor Rock. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. What? I'm just afraid that someone will come between us. Oh, God. <laughs> Alright, this episode's scrapped. It's gone. <laughs> it only took, what, six episodes? Yeah, but it only took, like, six seconds into this one. It took you quite some time to come to your senses. And this is actually only episode five, because we have, or we have, we did record six episodes, but we have the secret one that's locked in, in the Disney vault. <laughs> the Disney vault. So we're going to release it on VHS tape in 20 years? Yeah, in uh, 20 years, 10 years, whatever, in 49. <laughs> Wait, that's 30 years. Eh. That's 20 years. Can I do math? Probably not, but we're just gonna... you get to thirty. You get to twenty nine to thirty nine. Yeah, it's okay. So in twenty thirty nine, uh, the actual episode one will will come out of the vault. Sure, it will. That's just gonna be something that we keep tempting everyone with, and no one's actually gonna want to hear it because it's hopefully we'll, we'll do the live action remakes, um, and with historically accurate casting that'll be in 10 years yeah what we what we could do is we could actually uh sort of kind of just uh recreate it or we could when we're super successful and everyone's super interested in this because this is such a great podcast as the beginning of this one has clearly demonstrated uh we could just have yeah what do we even do who knows we, we could just sit back and and watch it in 10 years as we're super successful rolling in all that podcasting dough. But anyway, for anyone that's confused this week, uh, you're not alone. Uh, we are here to discuss the movies of the week. Uh, I'll be reviewing a movie from last week, and then Connor and I will be uh, preparing for the two most noteworthy movies coming out this coming weekend. This week I'll be discussing The Joker... Whereas the trailers we'll be looking at will be for The Addams Family and Gemini Man. And let me tell you, before we, you get into this, I got a lot to say about pretty much everything, actually. I'm pretty excited for, for well, I, I wouldn't say excited. I got, I got a lot to say. I've got an opinion that you people are going to hear about. That's, yeah. Yep. That's the whole premise of a podcast. Uh, essentially, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, tell, tell me a little about The Joker. So it is essentially just following the the life of Arthur Fleck, who lives with his mother Penny Fleck, works as a party clown. Okay. And he uh, some he ends up getting beaten up by a a group of teenagers. Group of hoodlums. Yes, hoodlums. Uh, ne'er-do-wells, as one might call them. Those neighborhood ruffians. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm not gonna add any more synonyms. I'm just gonna continue. So, no, that was, that was way too many. Uh, so, the... The next thing that happens is that he's handed a gun to protect himself by another person that works at the uh, party clown business he works at. So then, he ends up defending himself at one point with the gun and it starts this movement against the rich 
because the people that attacked him were like uh, essentially the equivalent of Wall Street bankers. And basically when that happens, things just start spiraling in his life. And it just follows... He starts his descent. Yeah, it just follows him as... Like, he stops taking his meds, he can't, has to stop seeing a social worker, just everything starts going horribly, horribly wrong. It's, it's a great movie, but it's, it takes, it's a slow burn to get into the, the real meat of the movie. I think that the third act is without question the most interesting, because it's when he sort of embraces the madness, and things are sort of just humming along. Whereas, like, the first 40 minutes, it's just, it's a real slog of, like, introducing him and, like, the whole situation that's happening in Gotham and all of this. What's the runtime of the, of the whole movie? Uh, two hours and two minutes, I believe, if you throw, if you include the credits. So, essentially, a yeah, two-hour so, movie. Yeah, it's... A little long, but I mean, that's kind of more standard these days. Movies are getting longer. Yep. And so, the way I looked at it, and there's been... It seems like the... From the reactions I've seen online, everyone either seems to absolutely love this movie or hate it. Yeah, I've I've kind of seen seen the exact same thing. And fr- and I'm I'm kind of f- confused by that because I thought that it was a uh, I thought it was a pretty good movie, and it was it's probably it's definitely like one of the best of the year. But it's I can completely understand why people would dislike it. But the hatred it gets, or like the adoration it gets, are just kind of surprising. Joaquin Phoenix does a great job. He portrays the character very effectively, and I think Todd Phillips' direction is excellent. But the the writing is just so slow, and it's very much like... it's, It's very hard to get through because it's a character study of such a depressing figure that it's yeah. it's just it's difficult to get through do you think they did that because they wanted to establish you know arthur fleck as the person versus like that making his descent all the more uh i don't know unnerving or whatever you want to call it or was it just kind of slow writing I've, it was definitely a calculated choice and i it, it makes sense and i understand it but it was just it's one of those things where that's not why people are interested in the character of the Joker. And I granted, that's sort of the problem with coming up with an origin story for the Joker. Is that he his backstory isn't the interesting part about him. It's the chaotic nature right. of the character and the, the insanity that he approaches it. No, it's, none of the other characters in the movie are all that interesting. But that's mostly because they don't spend much time on them. Because they are trying to very much focus your attention on... Arthur Fleck and how he interacts with the world right, and right. how he interacts with other people and sort of what he does going about his day-to-day business, his day-to-day life. And it's like, it, it tells you a lot about the character, but it's, it's sort of like piles on aspects that you probably could have just assumed yourself. Although I'm glad that it it shows instead of tells, which is an important thing because there's nothing more annoying than when a movie just has like the newscaster explaining the exposition in the background because they're too lazy to just sort of show you by the character's behavior and how they interact with other people. 
but they really laid it on thick where just every single interaction he has with another person is just so painful to watch and how it just always seems to go poorly so you mentioned that like the the they, they describe the state of Gotham or whatever. I mean, does that have anything to do with it? Or was that just... Uh, I mean, that that's... Like, setting. I that's mean. more... That lends itself more to the explanation for the third act than it does really to... Okay. The, char- the character itself. And the third act being the lower class uprising yeah sort of it's there there starts to be riot yeah lots of protests some that turn into riots um someone explained it and i sort of understand why they would they would expect it to be this way why they saw it this way but i think it was sort of different someone i saw explained it as being like sort of like fight club where it's people that felt on the fringes and excluded wanting to join a movement to kind of hold people accountable for sort of ensuring that they're held down but i think that that's more of an anarchic view whereas in this it's more of the the rich are evil and holding us down uh, more so than just society as a whole is the problem, which is the case in Fight Club. Gotcha. Um, so I do want to talk a little bit more about the reactions that uh, people have been having, uh, media outlets have been having, because, uh, you know, we talked about it a minute or two ago, and it's been very mixed. But I've seen people, you know, say that this movie was just absolutely not horrendous in far like as far as being a movie, but horrendous in its portrayal of, like, a, a man who was meant like mentally disturbed or had mental disorder or whatever it is um and just like the absolute violence that he creates or he conducts i don't know i didn't see the movie so i don't know how much is actually him or how much is this movement um and then on the other hand there's been people that have said you know praising acting aside directing aside whatever praising you know the the character study of this I guess, like, a mental health issue. Everything seems to stem around this mental health conversation, Um, which we we discussed last week, because we both kind of agreed it was, like, a kind of a bullshit conversation to have. How how do you think the movie really plays into that, or was it just necessary because that is the character? Okay, I'm going to answer your question, but don't let me forget that I need to talk to you. If we're going to talk about the reaction, I need to bring up the New Yorker article I read about it. Um, but yes, I think, I think I know what you're talking about. Cause I was maybe going to bring, but yes, I, I agree. Okay. So the mental health aspect is interesting and I, I wish I could speak more about it, but it's because I don't know much about sort of psychosis. The, like the most people when they're talking about mental health, I assume are talking more about sort of disorders and problems like most people think more like depression or anxiety or schizophrenia these sorts of things but the joker is on seven different medications and specifically states that all he has are negative thoughts yeah and so it's hard to tell exact they don't specifically indicate what he has but i would guess it's sort of a and this is me talking out of my ass i i guess it's supposed to be more (laughs) of a uh like disassociative schizophrenic psychosis where he can't like he has difficulty placing himself in the world 
And I think that that's such a narrow, and granted, like I said, talking out of my ass, I think that's such a narrow view that saying that this is any sort of commentary on mental health as a whole is kind of hard to do. Because uh, there are people out there that are violent psychopaths. Like, they they have antipsychotics for a reason. And so the the idea that there's no one that could possibly be actually dealing with this is in, is ta- they're talking out of their ass because it's definitely a plausible thing that someone is trying to restrain themselves from these negative thoughts that they're having on such a consistent basis about murder or uh, violence or things of that nature. But the this is such a unique character and then it's it's based on someone that's known for such supreme violent acts that it's it's difficult although there are aspects where they they do seem to make sort of conscious statements about it like at one point uh because Arthur Flex trying to become a stand-up comedian he carries around a notebook that he writes his jokes in and one of his like it's more of like a journal that he writes down his thoughts and and jokes and one of the things that they really emphasize in a, in one scene because it just takes up the entire uh screen is that he wrote down the funny thing about having about living with mental illness is that people expect you to act like you don't and so it's something where i can understand why people would be thinking it did a good job of trying to bring attention to it or being upset about it. But frankly, I think that this is such a unique case that it goes back to what we said on the last episode where it just... It's just unfair to try to have that conversation. Yeah, using all, really. using a, someone that's known for literally murdering thousands and thousands of people as the example for anything for mental health is not a good case study and so trying to make it one i think is just a fool's errand in and of itself that's fair i mean and we'll get to i guess we'll transition to the new york yorker article with this but there's also been a lot of of media outlets and you said this last week but even like i've noticed it now they're still shocked that there hasn't been any type of violence associated with this movie. Now, that, see, um, that's one thing. I'd be fine if they were like, oh, it turns out that we were overhyping it. People seem to sound disappointed in the headlines, and it's really creepy. Yeah, yeah, and there was one from CNN that I would have saved if I you know, did any sort of uh, homework for this at all. But you're right, it, it, seemed, it seemed essentially you know, disappointed. Like It was like... We're just waiting for somebody to prove us wrong or, you know, like, and I don't get, and I don't get like too, you know, conspiracy theory political here, but like, I just don't, I don't understand that. It's, that might honestly be the most terrifying part of this movie release to me is this. This is like media disappointment. Well, and I've seen multiple people point it out that the the articles that they're posting about it just continuously because i've probably seen about a dozen different articles now i haven't read the a dozen different articles but i've seen about a dozen different articles over the last three weeks talking about 
the possibility of a gunman and violence from incels and things like that. And people have pointed out that that would probably lend itself more to instigating and motivating someone because they would know full well that they would get wall-to-wall coverage about it yeah. if that were to happen. And that's one of those things that copycats are some of the most common because of the news coverage. And that's why well, that's one of the reasons people suspect mass shootings have gone up is because of the infamy. It's the idea that a lot of people think that their lives are meaningless and so they, they want to be... Uh, noteworthy even if it's for doing something horrible sort of thing and so that's why they're willing to go out and and do such a horrible act is because it will give them the sort of attention they feel that they either want or that they may think that they deserve or something like that yeah and i mean yeah i I agree that's that's true but what a what a what was in this article that you read Okay, so this New Yorker article made absolutely no sense. It was mind-boggling. It was as if if I didn't see him discussing literal scenes about what what had taken place in the exact scenes of the movie, I would have thought he hadn't seen it at all because it made no sense whatsoever. He was trying to say that the uh, the attack by the hoodlums on the party clown was calling back to the Central Park Five, which was a story. One, I think that the hoodlums were Latino, but I'm not sure because he didn't spend much time thinking about it. But And the Central Park Five was about five uh, black people accused of committing a rape on a white woman so I'm not really sure what the connection between that and a bunch of teenagers attacking a party clown are. Uh, then he tried to say that his the attack on Wall Street bankers in a subway was calling back to another crime back in the 80s, but it was whitewashed. And then there were... There were basically, he was trying to racialize something that was so very clearly designed (laughs) as being a class issue that it was mind-boggling to me. Like, they openly state that there are actual headlines on newspapers of people saying that they want to kill the rich. And this guy decided that he was going to take this as... Basically, perverting the uh, what what is it that uh, it's a Black Lives Matter movement was being perverted. It's like, dude, this has literally nothing to do with that. (laughs) I have no idea where you're even finding the idea of that being relevant. It's it's so interesting when someone makes such an obvious declaration of what the movement is. And I'm not even sure if this is try if this movie was attempting to be political or trying to send any sort of message, but if it was, it had literally nothing to do with race. It it's And I mean it's, it's mind-boggling. Def- I mean I, I I didn't see it, but it's obviously about class issues because that's like that's what gotham city is that through the whole history of the comic books the, i mean even look at the uh the dark knight rises it comes up in that it's like the poor versus the rich and it's never been racialized but i think 
people just like to kind of grab at stuff and pull strings and hope that that it makes enough people angry to get it popular these days. So I I, I can I absolutely believe that uh th- that guy was making. And when you say he, you mean like the author of the article? Yes. I think. Uh, Do we want to put that guy on black? I right don't. Now, I do don't actually far? remember his name. I think <laughs> it's it, the column he writes is the front row for the New Yorker. I think his name is Eli Lake, but I'm I actually no, I'm pretty sure it isn't. I think that's someone else. I I've right, never well, just... seen I've never seen his this column before, but it was circulating around because everyone was wondering what this guy was smoking when he decided to do this analysis. You want to talk about trying to just crowbar your own personal political football into a movie? That's what this guy did. <laughs> yeah, that's that's journalism. That's showbiz, baby. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I don't know. How was it? I, we, last week we were pretty optimistic. We said it looked pretty good, not only as, like, you know, an origin film, but as a as a movie itself, so what's uh, what's I mean, unless you have more to say, but what's your overall? Uh, I'd say that this this is probably in terms of like how well made the movie is. This is probably the second best movie of the year. Oh, okay. But my biggest problem is one is that while this is like a character study and it's it's very slow in parts. We had talked before about the uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and how that. That's been criticized as being slow in parts as well. But the difference is that in that one, the characters are more charismatic and charming and enjoyable to spend time around. Easier to watch. Whereas this one, while it's well done and it's effective and it does what it's supposed to do, it's just depressing and not nearly as enjoyable. It's The character is just unsettling at its core, which is the point. And so it's not as much fun to sit and watch a character study or like a slow part where it's just analyzing what he's doing for like 15 or 20 minute stretches. That makes sense. Also, I think I'm pretty sure Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the one that's in our vault. I believe so. Yeah, so uh, now they know. If uh, if it wins the Oscar for Best Picture, does that mean we have to figure out a way to release it? Yeah, well, I'll go back and I'll get in there and we can we can release it because you called it. That's well, that's yeah, no, that's uh, that is my my current projection. The only movie I see so far that looks like it's, in my opinion, going to be competitive with it is uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Which comes out in about a month and a half. Uh, this is the first I'm hearing of it, but I'm sure we'll talk about it in about a month and a half. Oh, I'm certain we will. <laughs> Has Matt Damon and Christian Bale. Christian Bale, the greatest living actor. No, that's fair. Okay, I was gonna fight you on that, but I mean, there's I, I would ex- probably fair. I would accept a few. People say Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis, yeah, he's uh, up there. But like, Daniel Day Lewis always seems to take roles that i'm not super interested in watching him in yeah it's very like i don't want to say pretentious but well no he, it, the roles he takes aren't pretentious he is pretentious for the uh for okay. his last <laughs> movie about being a tailor he legitimately learned how to become a tailor for a fucking year and a half dude j- just learn how to act that's the point <laughs> you're not acting anymore you're just doing something you know how you to just do are a tailor <laughs> it's method acting it's just 
<laughs> I never thought of it that way though. That's good. I th- He's not acting. He just is a tailor. I think uh, I think Michael Caine is the one that said it best. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I <laughs> I show up, I read the lines, and I fucking leave and go home. That's all I do. <laughs> Method acting. What is that bullshit? <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, so let's uh let's look ahead. Um, in in the in the segment uh, that I think should be called, how much does Hollywood want money? At least this week. Oh, which one is this? Oh, this is about both of them. Oh. Okay. So what we can, what do you want to t- start with? We can start with Adam's family. Or you want to start with Looper? <laughs> or I'm sorry, Gemini Man. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Gemini Man. All right, so, I don't know, you go first, let's mix it up, what are your thoughts? Okay, well, before, like, we can talk about the different scenes from the trailer. Yeah. I'm not super interested, this movie seems, like, not, it just doesn't seem like a very interesting movie. It has probably one of the worst lines I've ever heard in a trailer before. Uh, if, if you don't remember it. Which I'll be surprised because it's it stands out. It's you made a person out of another person. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, that that's what cloning is. Glad you, you're you're on the same page as us. I this it feels like that uh, that bit by John Mulaney where you're explaining something to Ice T on Law and Order SVU. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like so you're telling me that there's a there are guys out there. That can't stop betting on the ponies. And this is like him explaining how cloning works. Yeah, okay, so I guess, real quick, uh, the plotline looks like Will Smith was some kind of, like, assassin or, uh, like, hitman, secret agent, yeah, spy, whatever. Yeah, 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 And then he, like, leaves the company. Goes rogue of some sort, yeah. Yeah. And then they send a clone of him that they had, like, just on backup, I guess, mm-hmm. to go kill him, and then they meet and um, there was there were two. Did you watch both trailers yep. to this, or did you I've, watch the first one? I so, I need to tell you this. I have seen yeah. this. I've seen probably thirty movies this year, thirty thirty three movies. I have probably seen this pre one of the two previews for this before at least three quarters of those movies. Oh uh, yeah, I've I seen that it you get the, so many trailers in the. I've, in the, the only movies that it isn't before are the like super obscure ones where they just play like more of an indie film sort of stuff, or and even then they some they'll usually play it, or like the abominable. They didn't play it before because it's a kids movie, and so it didn't like it right. wasn't designed to appeal to children. So I I don't know I gotta say like. To me, it really seemed like somebody watched Looper, realized that they have like the the technology now to make Will Smith young. Like they did it to Michael Douglas Douglas and Ant Man. Uh-huh. They they made Princess Leia exist in the new Star Wars. So, like, I mean, they, they that made. Kind of technology. I mean, Marvel's basically doing it with everybody now. Yeah, that's true. They did it with Iron Man. They did it with yeah. Sam so, Jackson, the highest yeah. grossing actor oh, of yeah. all time. Is that true? Yep. I did not know that. Yeah, because he's been in like almost every Marvel movie. Oh uh, yeah. And then he was in he was in two of the prequels for Star Wars. He was in Pulp Fiction. Like just looking through the list of movies that Sam Jackson's been in is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's a it's a big I believe that. But anyway, so they they had that technology and they were like 
Will Smith, uh, he needs another action movie, so let's uh, have him fight himself. Like, I, I don't know. It looks like it's going to be a, an action movie. We, we could have the same conversation we did about uh, Gerard Butler is the president's bodyguard. Uh, Angel has fallen. I it's think this be, is different because it's... It's at least kind of unique, It's I guess. technically a new idea, I believe. I don't know if, if there's a source material for it. And it's so rare to actually have a movie that isn't based on a book or a reboot of a previously made movie or a reboot of a TV show or something like that. So that's... I appreciate that, but man, this is not... It's not looking like it... It'll be super great. Yeah, I just I, I I don't have high hopes for it. Um, but there is so it's a line of this or the end of the second trailer. There's one line that kind of stuck with me, and that's when he's like talking to his younger clone, Will Smith, that is, and he says, like, because what happens if somebody finds out what we really are? And that. I don't know. I think that they they left it there to like add a little bit of you know mystery or uh, suspense. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think like nine out of ten, he's just talking about like how good of like a trained killer slash spy slash you know whatever he is. But uh, I'm gonna put my money down right now and say they're aliens. That would be that would be an interesting twist. I mean, because like, why else would they include that? Be like, what, like what we really are. Yeah, unless like, he's just like being angsty. There's no reason unless, to say unless that. Unless he's to him. sitting there, like I mean, I guess they could just be talking about being clones in general. But I think, uh, yeah, that's actually probably it. I think I'm that your idea of them being aliens and that's why they call him Gemini Man would be much more interesting, though. Like he came yeah, from the like stars. Oh, I thought maybe because aren't the Gemini like the twins? Yep, it's the constellation oh. of twins. Yeah. Though. So that's why I was thinking it would come from the stars. Yeah, and then it would fit. It would be like a double double meaning for for. Je- okay, we'll go aliens again. I'll I'll put my money back on aliens. I mean, that's I more interesting we, than what they probably did. So yeah, it'd just be like someone's gonna find out that we're clones and they have this technique. Yeah, fun fun discussion to have. Is Will Smith is Will Smith over the uh, over the hill? Is he done? Ooh. All right, so I cannot think back to a role I've liked him in for a while. So a lot of people enjoyed Concussion. I never actually saw that one. Oh, uh, I didn't. I did not see Concussion, so that could be. I think he might be over the hill for this type of movie. Like he's still a good actor. Is he? I don't know. I thought he's pretty good. I mean, well, like I like you just said, what was the last movie he was good in? I liked him in Seven Pounds. That was literally over. I mean, a that was a long ago. time ago. That was two thousand. Pursuit of Happiness. I guess that's a long one too. That was two thousand six. That was. Oh, I'm in going my backwards. Opinion, <laughs> that was, in my opinion, his best movie. Was Pursuit of Happiness. Because um, before that, or maybe like I Am Legend. That was, was two thousand seven. But I Robot. That was two thousand and three, I believe. Also, the fact oh God, that I just so know away. when all yeah. These... Why do you know all these Will Smith dates? Because <laughs> I because and Hitch came out in two thousand four or two thousand five. Oh, Hitch, I like Hitch. That was a good Two thousand five, best uh, best romantic comedy. He he just knocked it out of the park during the, the during the aughts. Then he had like Independence Day back in the nineties. So yeah, I don't know. Men Maybe in Black just, was there too, and he just did Men in Black 
well, not just did, but Men in Black, Men in Black, Men 3, Black was 3 was like, was like four 20, or five 12, years ago. 2011. Oh, was it as far back as 2011? I'm pretty sure I was in high school when it came out. Was it yeah, really? Yeah, I was definitely that? in high school because that's when Pitbull's remix of Back in Time came out and I loved it. So. Oh, yeah. I think it was actually 2012, though. Yeah, I mean, it was somewhere around there. Yeah. But I don't, I mean, I think he's still got the potential, but he also is like focusing a lot on his kids these days. Yeah. So I'm it, not sure what like brought him out of hiding for this. Money. No. It, yeah, it's always money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I would just really appreciate it if they he actually was in because he has acting talent, as was demonstrated with like the Pursuit of Happiness or uh, Seven Pounds or things like that. But the like. The last movie that he... I remember he was in After Earth, and that movie was supposed to be f- just atrociously bad. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like, like I think he's a fine actor, but... I think he has the chops, but or... he doesn't really seem to care in some of his more yeah. recent movies. Yeah, I mean, we've gone this long, and we haven't even mentioned Suicide Squad, so... that I try to forget that that <laughs> even exists. All right, well, uh, speaking about... Uh... Speaking of wanting money and some cash grabs, want to move on to the Adams family? Sure. So, what what were your thoughts of the Adams family? My initial thought was that I'm not a big fan of that animation style, but I'll let you. Use... I 100% agree. Okay. Um, I, just the people looked like balloon people, or I don't. Just something was weird about it. It it looked like they tried to do the least amount of effort to pump out an animated movie. I don't know. What studio did this? Do you remember? No idea. Yeah, okay. So I, maybe it's probably not like a super big name, but it literally looks like minimal effort went into the animation. Um, that being said, I, I, my, my biggest takeaway from the trailers was like, this has a lot of big names. Like I, pr- I pretty much recognized everybody that it listed. Mm-hmm. And it just looks like it's going to be bad. real Because it, it also looks like it's kind of towing the line between like, a kids movie and like trying to get people who with nostalgia for the Adams family. So I, I really don't know where it's going to land. I don't know what its audience is. And, uh, like the plot line of they moved to New Jersey and the neighborhood hates them. Okay. I guess I, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that it has the potential to be okay, but the, you're right that this is definitely a cash grab and, them just rebooting an idea. I think that the the Adams Family movie they did back in the nineties, where the guy was going in pretending to be Uncle Fester. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, the Adams Family movie. Yeah, I thought that that was fairly entertaining, and I doubt. Like, I'm not surprised they decided to make a an animated reboot of it, but and I hope that they take advantage of the fact that it's an animated reboot. So that they can do like more and more ridiculous things with them. And that's really the only way I think this could be all that worthwhile to see. Is just if they were to do things that were like just so utterly ridiculous. Like go full on like over the shark. Jump the shark with it. Ridiculous things. Because it's animated and you can get away with that sort of thing. Yeah. But if they if they just do it like... The basic jokes about how they're weirdos that have a macabre sort of approach to life, then that's just 
that's not going to be interesting for kids, and the people that go there for nostalgia are going to be disappointed in it. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, I, I think something is definitely lost in the animation, because you don't necessarily get the same feeling of, like, these people are creepy and they're kooky, you know, because it's animated. Like, that's something there is lost, but you can make up for that by... And there was that one scene where the guy, like, lets out, like, a million bats out of his coat, I guess. Yeah. I, for, I forget what character that was. So Probably like, Uncle Fester, if I was going to guess. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that's not super over the top. Like, you could do that with real people in CGI these days pretty easy. But um, I, I agree. You gotta, they got to, like, kick it into high gear if they're going to maintain some type of audience. Because, like I said, I have no idea who it's for. And also, you know what pissed me off about this trailer? What? There was, there was four different songs in it. I didn't even because, notice that. Yeah, they, it, well, it could have only been three, and I just... I. Like, maybe they just changed from, like, verse to chorus, and I didn't notice because, like, they had, like, cuts of them talking in it. But it's the most noticeable change is when Cousin It arrives, like, and it's, like, Cousin Pimp It. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, I don't know. It, 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 was, it was tough to watch. Yeah. Uh, on the note of uh, music, have you heard of this guy Sturgill Simpson? Um... I have not heard of his name, at least I don't think. Would I know his work? Uh, I don't know. He's a musician. He was on the Joe Rogan Experience, uh, like, last week, I think. And he was... Uh, I've seen recommendations for his new album, Sound and Fury, on, like, th on there. And then Barstool Sports had a blog recommending it, him. And then this sort of more hipster guy that hosts a uh, current events podcast that where they spend the last 10 minutes talking about music also recommended him uh so i decided to listen to the new album and it's pretty good sturgill sterling Stur sturgill, sturgill simpson the j it's simpson. easier to just look look up sound and fury it's uh it's definitely worth a listen it's a pretty good album and it's i it, have not listened to new music and i can't even tell you when Yep, it's uh the I think my favorite song from it was Mercury and Retrograde. A lot of the music is like they he does something interesting too where he sort of does a like sort of it's sort of like the equivalent of a record scratch at the end of every one of his tracks so that if you're listening to it on a loop then it uh, it just sounds like it got scratched into the next one. Yeah, it just, it sounds like you're just moving on to the next song. Like, it sounds like you switched over songs. Like, as if you actually were taking the time out to flip the, flip the record sort of thing. Right, that's, I'll, I'll maybe give it a listen. Um, I do have a quick question, though. Did you just mention a podcast where they take ten minutes at the end to talk about music, and then we're going to do that same thing? Uh, we're not, we don't do that regularly. They did that. That's true. They do that, like... At the end, once they're finished talking about current events, they, one of the hosts says, and now to the most important question of, the, of every week, what have you been listening to? And so then Got they it. discuss albums that they've been listening to this week. And then they, at the end of every year, they do an album of the year uh, podcast. Um, are, are we sponsored by them? <laughs> I haven't even said what their name is, so I doubt oh, it. That's fair enough uh yeah okay i mean we can we can talk about some bull well it's just this week was a bad one for uh well that's because none of well the joker we spent 
almost 30 minutes on the Joker. It's that the movies upcoming for this weekend are just not interesting. Like it's yeah, like the Joker. It I saw that it has the largest opening in Octo in the history of October. Like the no opening in the month of October has been greater than Joker was, which indicates something. That, yeah, it indicates that no one ever releases good movies in October. They usually have this little gap in like September and October, and then the first half of November because they're trying to pile it in at the during the holidays. So for Thanksgiving. And then December, because one, that's when a lot of people visit their family, and that gives the excuse for people to say that they spent time with their family without actually having to talk to them by going to the movies. So I, uh, my mom, I take my mom to a movie every year for Mother's Day, except mm-hmm. for I haven't for like the last five years. That's she's, she's stocked them up. Or I did last year. We went to see Avengers. It was her choice. It wasn't mine. Really? Huh. Yeah, she, like, she, well, I don't know, I had to explain, she didn't see Infinity War, and then she wanted to see Endgame, and then I was, like, I literally had to spend 20 minutes in the car before the movie being, like, okay, so here's what's going on. Yeah, the, I'll be honest, wanting to jump into Marvel now would be such a pain in the ass. That's how I feel about Game of Thrones right now. Well, Game of Thrones now, you should be fine. It was, when that, when the final season was going, you didn't want to be any part of it. That's probably true. I mean, but, like, the Marvel's, like, I mean, at least that arc is over, so it's kind of the same. It's just so much. Well, the thing is that even if that arc, that phase three is over, so that huge arc is done, it's, they're still going to make references to things that have already happened. And sometimes it may be more of, like, a, uh, like an Easter egg, but other times it might be actually fairly important. A legitimate plot point, yeah. Yeah. Do, uh, did you hear, is it true that Robert Downey Jr. is coming back for Black Widow? Uh, I hadn't heard that, but I hope that that's the case. It would probably just be a sort of a cameo. I feel the other way. I, well, yeah. well Black Widow is also a uh, spoiler alert for the two people that haven't actually seen <laughs> uh, Avengers Endgame. And then again, those two people wouldn't be listening to this podcast, but the... Like <laughs> that's true. She's dead. Like Natasha dies. Yeah. So I mean, it's in it's in the past. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, has it makes to sense be that he's there. As backed well. up. So like he could, but I don't know why they would make him a main character in it. Like it, it makes more yeah, sense I mean, to me. I think he'd probably be Tony Stark like before. I mean, because she was introduced in Iron Man too. So yeah. it would be like him like either real early on or like as weapons developer Tony Stark. Yeah, and granted he was enough of a narcissist that he may have met her and not remembered her, but that was the first time he had ever met Black Widow. And I'm going to sit here and take the strangely feminist approach that how much bullshit is it that they made they waited this long to make a Black Widow movie? I think that that would have been, if they would have made that movie, they should have made that movie in, like, phase one and definitely in phase two. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that. But at the same time, like, when you got, like, it's this isn't anti-feminism or, like, anything against Black, or, like, Scarlett Johansson's character as Black Widow. But, like, when you have such, like, a like a pantheon of heroes that you're trying to bring to the screen, 
a standalone like karate lady movie isn't that interesting to me? Uh, well, that's that's spoken like someone who doesn't know fuck all about the backstory of Black Widow. Her backstory is far more interesting than anything that they've shown in the fir- that they showed in the first two Thor movies. Isn't it like real, real dark? Like she was like a orphan at like a dance academy slash like spy school where they made her kill all her classmates or something like that. Yeah, some stuff like that. I think they also gave her hysterectomy as a child. Oh uh, yeah, that that checks out. Yeah, like they did some real fucked up stuff to her, and so it's super dark. But the idea of, I mean, it's just another spy movie, but it's also a change of pace from most Marvel movies, and it it. It's sort of like what they did with Thor Ragnarok being basically a buddy cop movie. It's Yeah, that's true. Or, it, or it the like, they Galaxy. It's it's a change of pace yeah. and it's perfectly set up for that. It's not like they're I'm suggesting they should have done a Hawkeye movie because that would have made no fucking sense. Yeah, that would have been I mean, I like Jeremy like I, I same thing, just replace Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow with Jeremy Rayner and uh Hawkeye. You know he has an album out? I saw that. I think it's like He's a like, jazz keeps, album. It's some. It keeps coming on in like Sears commercials or something in Hulu. I don't know. Yeah. I've, I want to listen to it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, so I I could I could get behind like a duo movie of them. Uh, I think sure I just uh, granted this is me talking, having no idea of Hawkeye's backstory, but I feel like Black Widow has. As is more interesting. And I think that that would have been a better idea than in just introducing Captain Marvel because Captain Marvel is so OP, it's fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah, okay. We don't, we're at 50 minutes now. We don't have time enough to get into the ridiculousness that is Captain Marvel. Um, or how terrible Brie Larson is in every Marvel movie she's been in. Yeah. I... Yeah, I and I really I like Brie Larson. I think she's like Didn't she win? Like, I think she I won an Oscar just... for her performance in The Room. Or Yeah, but, like she's a good actress. But like she but looks Captain Marvel's just the most like boring uncharismatic like deadpan kind of like piece of shit character. I don't Like she's not interesting. She doesn't play the character interestingly. Like she it's it's just not entertaining watching her portrayal of that character. Yeah, and there's another one coming out, I think. Hooray. And they got all kinds of weird... I, I haven't even looked at half the stuff. Uh, I am looking forward to Adam Warlock seeing what they do with that. for uh, Probably for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Is he going to be like the bad guy or just... I don't know who Adam Warlock uh, is. He, they, I don't really know much about him, but they had, I read after... Uh, the the end credit scene for two with the golden lady, how they were building the. Oh uh, yeah, and she was like, "I call him Adam yeah. or what?" Oh, okay, so yeah, he's probably gonna be a bad yeah. guy. All right, well, uh, <laughs> I think now is a good time to wrap it up, probably. Because... <laughs> just just crowbarring <laughs> some Marvel discussions in there. <laughs> I don't even know how we got there. I don't know either. We did, we like we could, we were like yeah, I guess Adam family Gemini man whatever. Uh, let's talk about things we actually like to talk about. It stopped being a podcast. Started just being a conversation. Well, that's the best kind of podcast. We will see. Okay, so just just to summarize, give it, sum it up. Uh, Joker is ready for the red carpet, as was demonstrated by its nearly hundred million dollar. Opening weekend. Sounds fair. Uh, 
And I think that both Gemini Man and Adam's family are probably trailer trash, but I'll report back at another time. That sounds good. Uh, this has been Red Carpet to Trailer Trash. Ian Collins sees the movies. He does all the legwork. He's the man in the field. Uh, and I sit at my desk and watch YouTube trailers. I'm Connor Rock. Thanks for joining us. Until next time. Until next time? Until next time?